0: I'm author and athlete Brad Kearns. Welcome to the Be Rad Podcast, where we explore ways to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life. Visit bradkearns.com for great resources on healthy eating, exercise, and lifestyle. And here we go with the show. and a special 5% discount for B Rad podcast listeners just visit mito red light mito redlight.com and use the code brad on any of their products go for it today and get started on your red light journey the ancestral health movement has exploded over the past decade and more it's so wonderful to see people raising their awareness of our genetic expectations for health as informed by the wonderful scientific study called human evolution, the longest and most stringent of all scientific studies. Uh, But one thing I'm thinking about lately is this obsession with the ancestral model that can possibly be taken to an extreme to where it delivers uh, adverse results. And so, I want to validate the ancestral model so strongly, especially as it pertains to cleaning up our act with all the adverse influences in hectic high stress modern life and the many disconnects from our genetic expectations for health and our ancestral experience. Things like getting out in the sun every day, walking around barefoot and connecting with the charge of the earth eating healthy, natural, wholesome foods that are in the plant or the animal category rather than the processed food category. So all these things are wonderful, our obligation to move and exercise and sprint and put our body under resistance load, as was the model for uh, for survival of the fittest selection presser in, in the old times and how we evolved as humans. Uh, however, today, I think what's going on is we can easily uh, drift into uh, what we might call a uh, black or white thinking, where we have uh, an urgent need and an obsession with modeling the ancestral example to the extent that we uh, inappropriately apply the philosophy or the strategy to the realities of hectic high stress modern life. And one place where this shows up is when we stack the hormetic, so-called hormetic stressors, that made our ancestors strong tough resilient human beings and we try to throw those into the mix today on 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 the already busy canvas of the many forms of chronic stress in modern life so we're not going to completely unplug and disengage from the grid maybe some people are but we are subject to influences like endocrine disruptors in the environment the sources of chronic stress that come from Uh, pursuing a career in the uh, modern information technology world, long hours spent in front of a screen. And then we are also told that we need to uh, go jump into cold water or into the hot sauna or perform these uh, intense strength training sessions, putting our body under resistance load, sprinting, going out there and doing a ton of cardio. Uh, and also uh, a fasting like our ancestors did, not eating fruit throughout the winter like our ancestral model uh, suggests. And we start uh, looking at a envisioning a blank piece of paper, draw a line in the middle, and you have on one side modern stressors and you have on the other side uh, stress balancing uh, behaviors such as getting adequate sleep or taking downtime from mobile technology, taking downtime from the screen, uh, getting away from artificial light, in the uh in the hours after dark all those kind of things and it looks like one side of the page is getting a bunch of stuff on it and there's not enough stress balance on the other side so uh, what i'm talking about here is reflecting on the distinction between what's possible when we model the pain and suffering and the ordeals that our ancestors endured to become uh, the, the top of the food chain, uh, the, the lean, strong, smart, well-adapted uh, human versus the uh, conveniences and the uh, the progressions that we have today in order to live a more comfortable, meaningful, and productive life. So do we need to torture ourselves in the same manner that our ancestors did in order to obtain the health benefits that they got by default when they starved through the long dark, cold, harsh winter and got really good at uh, making ketones to fuel the brain and still remain active when they had to go looking for food when they were starving. And my contention is that we can easily uh, misinterpret this or get out of hand with the modeling of the ancestral example in hectic high stress modern life. And I'll put myself up as an example where I'm trying to live an evolved, uh, meaningful, productive, modern life I've neutralized all the primal hazards that uh, that caused our ancestors a lot of grief and uh, the obsession with just finding the next meal or building shelter uh, and surviving the long, harsh, cold, dark winter. Right. So now uh, I can look to the possibilities of going above and beyond the ancestral example, for example um training for the 400 meters one lap around the track and then trying to jump over a high jump bar putting up at a certain height and i'm gonna venture to guess that i can kick any ancestors ass at the age of 57 in those two events because i train for them in the modern manner and put out a lot of energy and uh striving for performance and recovery and physical adaptations to training uh, similarly, the winner of the CrossFit Games or the final qualifier of the CrossFit Games is so physically superior and stronger and fitter and faster and quicker than any ancestor in the history of humanity, it's not even a comparison. Same with any modern elite athlete. Uh, we have to remember that all of our ancestors, by definition, in survival of the fittest conditions, and selection pressure conditions, were obsessed only with survival and that they did by definition again of what hunter-gatherer lifestyle is they did only the bare minimum necessary to survive they did not go out and hunt for additional food because they had no refrigerator and they had no store where they could sell it and make money and buy themselves a nice car or some nice clothing so they went and did the bare minimum necessary to survive there is very high likelihood that a lot of our ancestors had it super easy. So we romanticize the notion that these guys were so tough and chasing after the woolly mammoth all winter long and bare feet and, and dealing with unimaginable hazards and dangers. Uh, but there are also probably a lot of them who emigrated uh, across the globe following the seashore for the most part. And if you look at the Oppenheimer uh, human migration across across the globe interactive charts, fascinating because our ancestors first left Africa uh, around 60,000 years ago and followed the shoreline, heading east all the way through uh, the Middle East, India, uh, over to uh, the Indonesia, Australia, and then finally uh, turned back and eventually made it up to Europe around 30,000 years ago. So, following the shoreline, it's likely they had access to abundant marine life where they could spend very little time uh, doing anything super hard and just having enough food to and, and building enough shelter to enjoy life and reproduce and, and lay on the rock all day uh, and stare at the stars at night. Uh, this is just for argument's sake, right? So it wasn't all this torture and this pain and suffering and sprinting away from saber tooth tigers and building strong muscles, lifting heavy boulders uh, to build another important shelter uh, to save themselves from the next predator. Uh, although that certainly was, um, Uh, definitely uh, the selection pressures made the human strong and resilient and smart and all those great things. But today, putting that aside for a moment, if I aspire to perform and recover in my chosen events and do fun things like speed golf that our ancestors had no ability to concern themselves about, I'm concerned with how do I do this to the best of my abilities uh, to recover optimally and to fuel myself optimally so that i don't have to struggle and suffer in the manner of someone who was uh, enduring selection pressure and not getting enough food to eat so what's possible versus what's optimal it's possible to starve yourself for a long time and turn down all these important dials like libido uh, hormone balance thyroid function uh, repair and and uh, and 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 growth right, and just survive and and linger along with a little bit of brain fog, a little bit of extra fatigue, um, you know, lack of uh, vitality and energy, because for example, you're not giving yourself enough nutritious calories or you've chosen a highly restrictive diet that's not giving you enough of the important micronutrients that you need. And so it's possible for people to walk around uh, doing extended fasting or vegan type diets and reporting that they feel okay, And we don't even know what's optimal because we have nothing to compare it to. So in my case, as I talk about a lot on shows, I'm wanting to go from level seven to level nine, or if the case may be level five to level seven, I don't know what level I'm at, but I'm always trying to do better and experiment and fuel myself appropriately and rest appropriately so I don't overdo it and get injured and learn from my mistakes and continue to progress the conversation forward. And so that's quite a bit different than going backward in time and thinking that we have to suffer through ordeals because modern life is too easy and comfortable. Um, There are a lot of chronic stressors in modern life that must be regarded in the same refrain as the artificial stressors that we heap upon ourselves in the name of honoring ancestral health. That's why, for example, my cold therapy practice, which I am a strong believer in, has tremendous number of health benefits but I've dialed back the duration of my cold exposure sessions from trying to be a badass and go in there longer and longer and report that I can make it for six minutes uh, sitting in 38 degree water to where now I've discovered a sweet spot of one and a half to two and a half minutes where I actually appreciate the experience and I don't dread it psychologically and I don't have to muster up this courage and this badass mentality to go in there and try to endure for a longer period of time. Because what I noticed was that when you go past that sweet spot of an appropriate level of stress and hormonal stimulation, it just becomes another thing on the list of modern stressors, along with uh, looking at the screen too long and uh, exposing yourself to uh, environmental estrogens when you're drinking out of the plastic water bottle. So it's about striving for optimal instead of just seeing what your body can take, pushing the body too hard, for example. I hope that makes sense. Um, We all want to uh, live longer, for example, too. So when we think about the concept of, or or, or the statement, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, And we all nod our heads and what a wonderful notion that is. And that's why you should go in and push harder than uh, you thought possible so you could finish the marathon or what have you. Uh, It's also very likely that what doesn't kill you can kill you slowly over time. Thank you, Jay Feldman, for that pearl of wisdom and when it comes to for example uh years and years of extreme endurance training competing in these modern events that again were non-existent and unthinkable in primal times you can overdo it to the extent that you are not benefiting your health and you are going beyond what's optimal into survival mode and that is the essence of your modern life and i don't think anyone would argue in favor of struggling and suffering in, in an inappropriate way right uh, dr roger bannister i mean sir roger bannister uh, the late sir roger bannister the first person to break four minutes in the mile he had a wonderful quote that i'll never forget uh, in his book and he said um struggle gives meaning and richness to life um profound quote And he was talking about the struggle of performing as an athlete and striving to break the four minute mile barrier and and compete to the best of his abilities. But I think today, a lot of modern athletes are struggling in an inappropriate manner, pushing themselves too hard and engaging in overtraining patterns, or again, trying to pair the assorted stressors of fasting, keto, carb restriction, time-restricted feeding with pushing the body hard at high intensity workouts. So let's all settle down a bit and try to be optimal for the realities of modern life and all the stressors that we face anyway and keep things under stress-rest balance at all times. Thanks for listening and watching. What do you think? Send me an email, podcast at bradventures.com. and a special 5% discount for BRAD podcast listeners. Just visit mitoredlight, M-I-T-O, redlight.com and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions, and questions for the Q&A shows. Subscribe to our email list at bradkearns.com for a weekly blast about the published episodes and a wonderful bi-monthly newsletter edition with informative articles and practical tips for all aspects of healthy living. You can also download several awesome free eBooks when you subscribe to the email list. And if you could go to the trouble to leave a five or five-star review, with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows. That would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the B-Rad podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode you're listening to and fire it off with a quick text message Thank you so much for spreading the word and remember, be rad.